The economy is getting back underway, and with it, the world of pro sports. Stay ahead of the curve with the unparalleled tools of two world-class news desks covering development across finance, economics, technology, and sports. Subscribe to Bloomberg.com. And if you're not already a The Athletic subscriber, for a limited time, receive a complimentary subscription to The Athletic. Go to Bloomberg.com slash subscribe to sign up today. How's it going, everybody? This is Andy McCullough from The Athletic here with Pedro Mora. Also from The Athletic, you are listening to The Scribes of Summer, a show about the Los Angeles Dodgers. Pedro, how's it going, man? It's going well, Andy. It's going well. Uh, how are you over there? Uh, you know, not as good as the Dodgers offense, am I right? I don't think anything is, yeah. That's the best thing going right now. Or should you just say not as good as Mookie Betts? Yeah, that's that's accurate. Or the Dodgers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the, that team is rolling. They're rolling now. They're yeah. It's yeah. we've seen pretty quickly that there's they can't. No one can compete with them in the West. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. We you know we were talking last week about kind of the the fate of the Rockies and where they would be, and um, the Dodgers are like already two games up in the division. And the, what's the run differential thing? Like it's the, the gap is probably, let's see here. It's a uh, 37 <laughs> through 21, 23 games. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, I mean, like I, we talked about this at the beginning of the year, like they're so good and the quality of competition is just like, you know, no team in a, when they're down like four to nothing, right? Like when the Dodgers are up, have like a four run lead, they're not going to be seeing good pitchers in the seventh inning. You know, like they're going to no. have a lot of chances to, you know, boat race teams. And they that's what they're doing, right? Yeah, you could really see that against the Angels, uh, a team who has a very good offense, you know, like one of sure. the five, one of the next four best offenses in the sport after the Dodgers. And I mean, the, the pitching just doesn't compare, right? The guys they were yeah. throwing out in the middle, their middle relief, even their starters, they just do not have the pedigree that the Dodgers arms do. It's a, it's a massive contrast. I mean, and then, and then you add to it by, the Colorado Rockies, a week before the season, cut mm-hmm. a uh, one of their relievers, their one of their highest paid relievers, Jake mm-hmm. McGee, and the Dodgers signed him four days later. Uh, <laughs> and he his velocity immediately increased two miles an hour, uh-huh. and he has a, a scoreless uh, ERA through nearly nine innings this season with uh, with like twelve Ks per nine. So, mm-hmm. if you add that to the mix, it's certainly going to be hard for teams like the Rockies, who are struggling with their bullpen, to uh, mm-hmm. to compete. Are the Dodgers doing anything particularly different with McGee, or is it just he's? Yeah, this is something we're going to look into a little bit more. Um, But I will say that a a coach mentioned to me in July, like Mm -hmm. on I think I had in my notes from like the 29th or 30th of July that they thought that they had um, Mm -hmm. had untapped something with him, unlocked. Mm -hmm. I guess you could say something with him that he had not been doing within Mm -hmm. uh, over the last couple seasons in in, in Endeavor. Um, You know, McGee comes from. Tampa, where he right. played for Friedman before Andrew yep. Friedman, the Dodgers president of baseball operations, and he had—I um, mean, obviously, there's lots of relievers who have good seasons and, and right. don't repeat them, but he had—you um, know—he he had a, a, a three-year stretch, I want to say, of dominance. Uh-huh. Let's see here. I mean, in, in 2014, he was one of the best relievers in the sport. He had two—he had a two-season stretch interrupted by injury yeah. of dominance, and then he had a very good 2017, considering he was pitching in Coors Field, right. um, which enticed the Rockies to give him a three-year, 27 million dollar deal with a nine million dollar vesting option. So and now they're cutting. They cut him and they're paying him, and the Dodgers have him for um, the minimum. It's a, uh, and he has a .46 WHIP. So yeah, that that will only exacerbate the, the differences. I think it's fair to say that McGee is a reliever who has been good in the past, and so it would be possible for him to be good in 2020 yes. with a new team, not pitching at cores, changing some things in his mix, like 
this is this is what good teams do, right? Is they find relievers and they make them good for a little while, and then they find a new guy, basically. You know. <laughs> yes. Yes, but it's it's better it's easier to do that I think when the guy has done it before, right? That's For sure, the, the prevailing For sure. theory. For sure. Yeah. So, um, so uh, the Dodgers again, they swept the uh, the Angels who uh, stink uh, and have, you know, seven very good players but then 23 not as good players and they will play four games against Seattle who also is not a particularly good team. So I think the on the field stuff uh, is going to be not super exciting for a little while, at least till uh, this coming weekend when they'll host the Rockies for the first time this year. But what can you tell us uh, about kind of the the injury status of Will Smith and what this might mean for the usage of one of the Dodgers' top prospects, Kiebert Ruiz? Yeah, Will Smith is hurt. He um, his neck is hurting. It's stiff. He hurt it in a collision during the first San Diego series in San Diego early in August and it came up again about the 10 so what do we call it seven or 10 days later and so the Dodgers put him on the IL and called up Kevin Ruiz a 22 year old catcher who um, is one of their best prospects is an unusual prospect in that he is not necessarily believed to be a future star but a um, but one of those guys you say has a high floor um, because of his defensive okay. ability because he he essentially never strikes out. Um, I mean he has more more walks and strikeouts the last two years between Double A AA and Triple A, um, which is remarkable. And um, the Dodgers called him up, inserted him in the lineup on his second day in the big leagues, and with his first swing he hit a home run, which is always wild. I was uh, I'm old enough to remember when the Angels uh, at Angel Stadium called up a, a, a prospect catcher who hit a grand slam in his major Whoa. league debut, um, and he is not in the big leagues anymore. So <laughs> oh, that's a sad but, story. It is. It is. What it a is. bummer. Yeah, but uh, but I don't think that that future awaits Cape Ruiz. He has a lot of uh, his his defense is just good enough to be. He's a major leaguer. I mean, whether you know how much the bat amounts to, we don't know yet. Uh, scouts don't know yet. People are still uncertain. He's 22 and he's been growing in terms of his his physicality a lot in the last few seasons. He's now listed at 60 pounds heavier than when he um when he signed. And so it's just uncertain. He's been working on power, working on it, changing his swing, I think, to, to, to try to untap more of that. And yeah. um, it's going okay, I think, as evidenced by the, the, the very nice home run he hit on his, uh, on his first major league swing. He didn't hit particularly well last year in double A. No, uh, no, he was no. also banged up, which is kind of why he tumbled from like he was like a top maybe 25, 30 prospect in baseball, maybe coming into last year. And this year he was maybe like, you know, top 70. Um, which again, like these prospect rankings are, they're not useless, but they're kind of, um, uh, they're ephemeral, you know, they, they can look silly from, from year to year and they players can change their, uh, values obviously. But, um, so like, how would you sort of in your power rankings in terms of defensive aptitude, give me your, where you fit, uh, Barnes, Austin Barnes, Will Smith and Kiebert Ruiz. Well, that's a good question because I think, the Dodgers, with the way they've played Austin Barnes this season, and and really in the last few seasons, I think they've they've demonstrated that they they view Austin Barnes as number one in that category. Uh, the framing doesn't necessarily indicate that. You know, Will Smith is so far comparable to him, and Will Smith is very clearly a better power hitter than Austin Barnes. You know, the the rest of the offense for him is still uncertain, I think, but he can hit for more power than Barnes does. That can't. That's just a, that's a that's a fact at this point. So, 
I think that the Dodgers value Barnes a bit higher. Uh, I still think over time, Smith is very likely to be their primary catcher here. And he he hasn't done anything to indicate that he can't be an above average major league catcher. And so I don't I, I think that needs a change before we, the the plan changes. And Cabert is um you know is is still three years younger than than Smith, right. and can that everyone has said that he is not a finished product. That you still want to understand if there's more power. He has not dominated the upper levels, and so it's a it's a you know perfectly understandable thing to say. Hey, in 2021, you know, spend the first few months trying to you know dominate the upper levels and then we'll see what happens that said you know he would be a um, a sensible trade uh, trade piece you know especially in normal times last year he was you know i think yeah, the dodgers could have traded him in the in the right deal for a um, for a dominant reliever uh, last season and opted against it um teams couldn't agree and so he's here, but I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, for the simple fact that because they have Will Smith above him and because they have Diego Cartaya below him uh, in the system, that he would, he, you know, he'd be a sensible choice uh, to trade if you were if you were looking to access like a, you know, a, a player in a trade who would require a top prospect. He, Cabot Ruiz is a top prospect who wouldn't, you know, whose absence wouldn't hurt the Dodgers a significant amount. Right, right. And yet they still acquired Mookie Betts without giving him up yeah i mean i would argue that 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 verdugo is a is a more value i mean no that's of course not an argument is. yeah yeah of yeah. course he is yeah. yeah verdugo i was just i was making a joke it seems like in boston people are people are just just learning that that i saw some tweets about this so then i searched him and like people are just like wow alex verdugo looks like he's gonna be a good player and i I'm, i just wanted to i almost replied to everyone and just said like did you see what he did last spring like he was yeah and I mean that in the literal sense. Like between March and June of last year, he was dominant. Like I mean, man, that's. I mean, he was a very good player. He was the second or third best player in the lineup last year. We were having arguments about whether he would be like a uh, like a pre power breakout Yelich, like a very high floor uh, sort of player who was always going to play good defense, who was going to you know get on base a good amount and had the chance to like slug somewhere from like four fifty to five hundred. Uh, which yeah. is a very very useful player. Yes, especially when you play <laughs> when you put good defense in a corner with it. A lot of those yeah. guys don't. He's yeah, that's a four to five win player. He, he's he's good. I mean, I understand he's not Mookie Betts. You know, he he is right. not Mookie Betts at all. But right. it's to to simplify it as saying the Red Sox got no good players in return is is <laughs> is, is, is just inaccurate. I mean, he's yeah. he's fundamentally a good player and he is young being underpaid by the system and yeah. yeah it's he's a good player i think you hit on the the reason why is i think the mookie betts trade just seems it like it pretty clearly like most red sox fans were pretty frustrated i would imagine by trading mookie betts mm-hmm. As they should uh, be. and he's a, yeah. uh from my perspective the red sox should not have traded mookie betts <laughs> um but that doesn't mean that alex verdugo is not a good player well, I, so, I agree like, with multiple you. things can be true, you know. Yes, they, they should not have traded Mookie Betts. But if you're the new general manager of the team and you know that the team is not going to to sign him to an extension, is not your your ownership is not willing to 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 spend the money that is required, and you're you know in, in entering February of this season and you do not have a deal for Mookie Betts, I think getting this player is not as bad as it as it has been portrayed. Right. The Red Sox are really bad. Oh my. Yeah, isn't that kind of the point though? I don't know. It sort of seemed like it. Is the point ever to be this bad? Maybe. What's the record? I, I didn't know that they were doing that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Well, they, 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 in like game four of the season, they threw a pitcher who I've never heard of. So that's not good. 
Yeah. I mean, that happens to me every night. So I can't. They started him. Like, he started the game. What do you remember his name? His name is Ryan Weber. Okay. I'm looking him up now. Do you know who that is? The name's familiar, yeah. Yeah, he, he isn't any good. <laughs> Sometimes I just went on baseball reference, and you know how they have all those players like on the left? They're just kind of random assortment. Yeah. First three guys who came up were Daniel Hudson, Houston Street, and Ryan Madsen. And that just really cheered me up. It's nice remembering some guys. Even some who are like still playing well. Between the two of us, we covered all three of those fellas, huh? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's right. I covered Ryan Madsen in two different cities. Very nice man. Actually, wait. I covered all three of them on my own, so I don't know. <laughs> wow, you don't need me at all. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw pitched again. We might as well just make this a every podcast segment Kershaw watch, basically, because I feel like his as he goes, in some ways, the team will go in October. Yeah, um, how fair. would you rate your his latest outing? Oh, it was real good. It was better than the first one. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah, he, he threw real hard for him, uh, 93 and a half on his 85th pitch, uh, which is, you know, that's that's three, four ticks better than what he was in, you know, in his sixth and seventh innings in, your, in the last two seasons. That's, a I, I think, a significant, remarkable increase. He uh, he commanded everything, did not throw any changes, but threw a bunch of curves, and the slider was good, played off the fastball well, basically did everything he needs to do to keep imposing hitters off balance. And that is, again, a very good lineup that he was facing. The Angels are not a good club, but they are a very good lineup. So, <laughs> yeah, he was good. He was really good. It's it's auspicious. I think three starts in the the velo looks for real. Yeah, that is a huge separator. That uh, there's a big difference between throwing you know eighty eight to ninety and ninety one to ninety four. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I think it's a like we can't overstate how big that that's it's yeah. a huge difference. The percentile he's going to go from. I mean, what did we say a couple weeks ago? He was fourteenth last year, and this year he's going to be like in the thirties or forties. He's in the he's forty three this year after being fourteen night last year. That's <laughs> a difference. It's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Any concern about Walker Bueller? Yeah, some. It's okay. been a while. He has not put together a dominant start yet, or even a a, a very good one. Yeah, and we're four starts in has not. Struck out a bunch of people. The walks are way higher than a year a year ago, than, or than any time in his professional career. And he's surrendering a lot of home runs. He has not looked great, no. But it's also been he's been okay enough that you can sort of keep waiting. The whip isn't that high. Like it's it's overall okay. Do you attribute that to him basically just treating this like spring training? Yeah, probably. But it's hard to say because you know I don't know what these bullpens are looking like. I don't. It's yeah. it's you know. I feel a bit removed from his pro- like his his right. da- his weekly progression. Right. What you see is the is the game. I think the the concern is is higher than it was a week ago. The last time we did this, but it's still not outrageous. I mean, a, a four start stretch in a season where a guy puts up a five ERA is not necessarily cause for sig- significant alarm. So, but it's certainly not ideal. You have to pay more attention to this now than you might have thought. Like something's up, and we'll find out more soon. I would hope. What are some things that could be up? Uh, well, he is still, I mean, by that, I mean, he is still finding, like, he does not feel like he is in the season. He does, he's not finding his pitches. I mean, he, he is someone who tinkers all the time, but I think he might yeah. be slowing the, t- slow, slowing the, the tinkering right now because he doesn't feel comfortable enough. I, I, I don't know. This is pure speculation. Yeah. He's not but, exactly expansive about uh, his process. To no, me, at least. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually call, call him more protective of it than, than the average, honestly. Hmm, interesting. I think most guys are, you know, isn't isn't that? I mean, except for Stripling, basically. <laughs> He's the best. Ross, Ross Stripling, Ross, who I'll, Ross is this is best. this is a different story, thankfully. But uh, a year ago, he was uh, no, two years ago, he was 
he was uh, he came off a dominant start, I believe, against Colorado, and he was explaining how he changed his pitch mix. And Yasmani Grandal walked by <laughs> and said, "Shut the fuck up, Pittsburgh's listening." <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I, I'm paraphrasing, but he, yeah, there was definitely a, yeah, it was, it was a Dodger incredible. Stadium. Yeah, yes, Dodger it was stadium. in the clubhouse. Was, he was doing a group interview with several reporters. Yep, and Grandal walked by. That was a great time. <laughs> God, I loved that. <laughs> and Ross, and he, to his credit, was just like, "What did what did Yas say?" And he just went back to answering. questions. And he just continued to explain how his his pitch mix had been adjusting. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but what, what could be popular? I, I I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, Let's let's in, let's let's wait a little bit longer. You know, it's still only 19 innings. Let's wait a little bit. Let's wait two more starts and then before sounding a, you know, some sort of alarm. All right. I mean, again, like it's, you know, it's four starts. Like Yeah. How how can you make any major judgments about that? At the same time, yeah. like the season's already a quarter over. Yeah, so. and the, but the Dodgers are dominating and you know, they're going to yeah. be fine. So like they don't they, they honestly don't need him right now. They don't need right. him at I mean, least to be any better no. than he has been. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't need him right now. They would probably need him in October, but it's like, you know, that, that's going to be such a crapshoot that who knows. I mean, okay, but think about the team they're going to face in the first round, right? Like, they're going to be the one seed. They're going to face, like, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Like, they're going to face Madison Bumgarner throwing 83 in game, <laughs> in game two. <laughs> they're going to face Merrill Kelly. He's, He's going game one. It. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Or Robbie Ray. I don't I mean, but the point is know. that yeah. you know, it doesn't the talent, take the talent is so significant. How far away do you think the Dodgers are from uh the Cubs, who seem to be the second best team? It's the Cubs or the Braves. Um yeah. I don't know that well. Um I'd like to see those those clubs this season against them, right? But we won't. The Cubs lineup is is full of polished hitters. I, I could see them putting up a challenge in a in a series, right? That's yeah. a that's a veteran mm-hmm. roster with competent pitching. Both of those teams actually. The, the, I think both of those teams are clearly better than anything else the West has to offer. Although it's not as if we don't think the Padres are are a, a, an interesting club and you don't necessarily want to face them in the postseason. I just I really meant the first round of the postseason is going to be right. Easy for them. No, I understand. I understand. Like th- there is not going to be. Yeah, there's only four or five interesting teams in, in the in the National League this year. My uh, 2020 Cy Young pick, Yu Darvish, is a 188 ERA, four starts. How about that? Yeah, what about his last 20 starts or so? He's got he's he's the Amazing. best in baseball, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's the he's <laughs> he's the most confounding player in the sport, right? And that like no one is more talented at what they do and uh you know it seems like he turns it off and on at just like arbitrary endpoints basically <laughs> i've never marveled at a pitcher more than i have at you darvish absolutely i mean when he was yeah. pitching for the rangers facing the angels regularly when i was covering them it was i mean just the the the, the stuff was outrageous it's yeah. just the stuff he's capable of doing is like is is uh, remarkable it's uh, it's the it, best in baseball yeah yes it can be yes yeah. It can, and yeah, and uh, as you said, yeah, in the second half of last year, he was tremendous, and he's been really good this year. It's just kind of he does it basically like at will. It seems like it's uh, it's really impressive. Yeah. All right. Anything to watch this week against the Mariners? What are what, the, you really? The Seager really Bros. The Seager Bros. Are Rose. finally matching up. This never oh, happened. is that right? Is this the yeah. first time? Oh, yeah. right, because one of them was banged up the last time. Yeah. I believe wow. that was Corey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that'll the be Seager nice. Rose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'll be nice. Yeah. Yeah. How's Kyle Seeger doing this year? Yeah, he's doing pretty well. Pretty well. Yeah. Kyle Seeger put player. up a good career. Yeah. He's a good player. Yeah. He's yeah. he's had a, a a very nice career. So Corey Seeger will get to play. I do you think 
I imagine this will be nice for him. I don't know. Maybe they care. Maybe they don't. Who can say? It's hard to tell with Corey how how emotional he feels about things like these, uh, <laughs> or really about anything. Really like, I don't anything. feel. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that's it's uncertain. I think I've I identify more with Corey Seager than any other baseball player and that we both very much just want to be left alone it just he's just like let me just do my hitting and let me go out and play please I would just really like to do that if that's okay with you guys would just like politely like to be left alone yeah good times all right well thank you everyone for listening we will be back later this week to wrap up these four games with the Mariners and also preview the weekend against the Rockies stay safe have a good one